At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the sports betting network. What's going on, folks? It is time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, here as always out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. Tons to get to throughout the next hour. We've already got some college football bowl action going right now. A very exciting game. Just checking out the big screen. And 31 to 30, Tennessee just got a field goal to put them on top. I'm sweating out a live bet on the Volunteers, so uh, I might be glancing over there from time and time again. But I know we'll have plenty more to sweat out tonight and a little bit further in the weekend. Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter, will be joining us in 15 minutes. Always love getting his assessment on the market, whether it's NBA, NHL, or college football bowl action. He will be touching on all of that in 15 minutes, giving us a very solid, per usual, market report for all of those events. After Josh, half hour from now, more in-depth with college football. It's Amal Shaw. He was frequently coming on every week, giving us some college football plays, and it's been a minute since we've had Amal on, so pumped to see which games he likes in terms of the betting angle for tomorrow, for Saturday, and beyond that. So I know uh, we're always looking forward to Amal's assessment and handicapping for college football, especially at this time of the year. 45 minutes from now, end of the show. Same drill as always. Danny's Dimes will recap the plays that I'll be dishing out momentarily. We'll talk about a play I've got in both the NBA and NHL, so that'll be happening in 45 minutes from now. Let's get you squared away, though, to kick things off with an updated line for Pitt and Michigan State. Now, personally, I don't really have any skin in the game. I'll tell you where I'm leaning momentarily. But just for a frame of reference, this thing way back when, before all the you know the big name players, being Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker, announced they would not be participating in this bowl game, Pitt was actually a four-point favorite. People started hammering Michigan State once the murmurs came about of you know Kenny Pickett not going to be playing in this game. So then it flipped, and now it's flipped even more. So Michigan State still getting some love. They were like two and a half yesterday when we were talking about it. And now at Bet Rivers, you can get the Spartans laying three in the hook. Money line minus 159. If you still believe in Pitt, they're plus 130 on the money line. This total open like 63 and a half, right around that range. And now it's down to 55. Still shaded to the under, minus 114. Look, at this point in the game, without Kenny Pickett on the team, I just don't know what to expect out of Pittsburgh, and that's just from my personal perspective and how much games I've actually watched, how much action I've seen out of this Panthers squad, and more so 
me just having faith in what Mel Tucker has instilled in his squad at Michigan State. This is a team that maybe, you know, didn't do it in the prettiest fashion, but they got the job done in a lot of instances. And when you look at the running back position, as we know, a very dispensable group. Maybe a little bit different in college football and with a guy who's as dominant as Walker. But at the end of the day, I still think Michigan State has a slight advantage here. So now that the spread has gone toward three and a half, I wouldn't lay the three in the hook. I would just look to play them on the money line, minus 159. Again, that's if I was getting involved. I don't love it enough to make it an official play, but I do think the slight advantage does lie with Tucker and company with Michigan State, and that's where you've seen the movement as of late as well. So I do think that's the right call for the Peach Bowl. That's going to be kicking off in about 50 minutes or so. We'll see if it moves beforehand, and we'll see what Josh's thoughts are on it. But I like Michigan State here, if anything, would just play Moneyline. So that's the game. And, and, of course, we got the Wisconsin-Arizona State game later. I'll let them all and Josh kind of give their two cents on that a little bit more so and thoroughly. But I did want to take some time to discuss some other NFL action. We got no NFL game tonight, but we have a full slate this weekend that we are excited to dive through. And I wanted to discuss this Dolphins and Titans game. I know we briefly mentioned it, whether it was, I don't think it was Teaser Tuesday. It must have been just for midweek movements or with another guest coming on. I think it was Will Hill who really favored it. I know he was talking about it on the Chicago CityCast. We did a crossover. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to do so. We're previewing college bowl games, Bears, Giants, etc. But some other games on the slate, and one that popped out was this Miami and Tennessee game. Now, this thing opened up Tennessee minus 3.5. What did the Dolphins do? They went on the road, primetime, beat the Saints. This line came down to like 3. And now you've seen it creep back up in favor of the Titans. Will it go back down to three? Well, I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't be shocked if we get right close to kickoff and this thing gets up to like four. So I did a little bit of shopping, and the way that I played this, instead of laying the spread, I actually just went with Tennessee on the money line, minus 165. Now this thing is shot up as of late, at least at Bet Rivers, to minus 177. So maybe if you have a little bit of patience, you can get a better number, or you know, just take a look around and see what other books are offering. But the Dolphins are only a better team, and we look at DVOA, a metric we always like to kind of throw out there. They're better in, in terms of the defense. Offensively and overall, Tennessee has the advantage. You don't want to use that as a metric for Bentonham. doesn't matter. What also you need to factor in here is that Miami is on a shorter week, right? I mean, they're coming off the Monday night football effort against the Saints. This Tennessee team not only had a longer break, but it was from Thursday, right? So they had even a longer break than usual. And also, we just got to still recognize Miami really has benefited from a weak schedule. Yes, I was someone who wanted to take the three in the hook with the Saints on Monday and got absolutely obliterated on that play, but still an incredibly banged-up team and an awful quarterback in Ian Book, which a lot of people on the show and betting-wise were agreeing on, and I just went the opposite way. So I'm eating crow on that, but it still holds true that Miami has not really had a tough schedule. What, they had the big win against the Ravens and that's it? Tennessee is a team that I've been knocking on and giving a lot of grief to, absolutely. But in a game where Tennessee pretty much needs to win for the division, it's expected that they're going to. That's why they're still a big favorite, and they hold the tiebreaker with the Colts. But still, they need to win this game, and you get the home field advantage. They're coming off a big win on the road against San Francisco. or I can't remember if that was on the road or not. Regardless, they were an underdog in that game. But Tennessee is banged up as they are. As long as they, because I know A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, their status is always up in the air. I trust Vrabel a little bit more so in this game with the home field advantage, even if it's not that much. I just think Tennessee is a little bit better of a team 
as of this moment. And yes, when Derrick Henry's on the squad, they're completely a better team, but I still think they have the slight advantage when it comes down to it. You look at some of these stats, yards per play, opponents' yards per play, overall Tennessee's getting over five yards per play. Miami's under five, they're at 4.8. Uh, home and road splits, pretty much even, nothing too significant. And defensively, like we said, Miami has been very good. They've been really good as of late, but how much is that a benefit from the weaker schedule that's been presented to them as of late? And I would say probably a decent amount. So again, at the end of the day, I get that the line's moving toward Tennessee. I agree with that. I don't think it's attractive to lay the three in the hook. So simply, I went to laying a higher price on the money line. So just win the game, Tennessee. I got minus 165. I probably wouldn't play over that. So maybe have a little bit of patience. See where this money line goes by kickoff. I'll be shocked to see which way the movement goes. I mean, maybe not shocked, but I will be very interested. If it goes down to three, I would get Y, late movement there. Or if it goes up to four, a lot more faith in Tennessee. Nothing would really catch me off guard. But I am going with Tennessee on the money line against Miami. So that's going to be an added play for NFL Week 17 slate of plays. Another game I wanted to talk about. Now, this one I haven't played I probably will end up doing so, but I'm going to have a little bit of patience here. I'm going to wait to see where this line moves to and see if we can get a better number because this is the Monday night game with Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and a lot can happen from now until then, as we know, based on how this season has gone. So this thing actually opened up, and we did talk about this yesterday, big movement. Pittsburgh was a point-and-a-half favorite. This thing is now flipped. Cleveland is about a three-point favorite in this game. Okay, now it's actually gone up to three and a half. Last I saw was three. Even more movement to Cleveland. Now three in the hook. They're minus 165 on the money line. This total is 41. I like the Browns in this game, and I still do. I don't like going against Big Ben in his last home game and that type of narrative with solid quarterbacks. You'd think that would be incentive for going to Big Ben. And look, maybe it will, but... Big Ben is just so tough to bet. The Steelers are infuriating to back, and, you know, we kind of thought it was maybe going to be a good spot for them against the Chiefs, and they just got absolutely pummeled. But there's been games where they fought back. You look at that Vikings game. You look at that Titans game. They didn't beat the Vikings, but at least they were able to cover toward the end. It's just I can't trust the Steelers here, and the Browns are more talented. Is Baker Mayfield more talented and trustworthy than Big Ben at this point? Probably not, honestly. They can be put in the same conversation. But aside from that, as long as Baker is somewhat competent and not turning the ball over, I still think this is a better team all throughout. You look at DVOA, and of course, DVOA, as we know, if you don't know the definition, I'll let you, here it is. I mean, it measures the team's efficiency by comparing success on every single play. It goes based off the league average, based on every single situation and opponent, so it takes it all into perspective. That's why we like to reference it so much as a useful tool. Overall, Cleveland's 16th, Pittsburgh's 23rd. Offense, Cleveland's 14th, Pittsburgh is 23rd. Defense, Cleveland's 17th, Pittsburgh is 22nd. Again, aside from that, looking deeper, yards per play, Cleveland getting 5.6. Pittsburgh is at 5 this season overall. The last three games, Cleveland has gotten 5.2 yards per play, Pittsburgh just 4.6. On the road, Cleveland, for some reason, getting a lot more action. Six yards per play at home, Pittsburgh is at 5. Both defenses are a little bit better at home, so the slight defensive advantage, uh, you know, because of those splits goes with Pittsburgh, but overall, Cleveland defensively only allowing opponents 5.2 yards per play. Guess what? Pittsburgh is allowing 5.7. To me, this adds up for a good recipe to Cleveland. 
Again, that narrative's not making it as attractive, and neither is this price. Now going up to 3.5 in the money line, minus 165. But I do believe if we have a little bit of patience, maybe wait till Monday, whether it's during the day or if you get some late buyback on Pittsburgh, that this line will be more attractive in favor of Cleveland because I'm probably looking to bet them on the money line or minus three, depending on how it's looking. But something to keep in our back pocket, right? Let's see where this line alters for Monday Night Football in a huge game between the Browns and the Steelers. And again, aside from that, the play that I did make, though, Tennessee, the Titans, on the money line, minus a buck, 65, taken on the red-hot Miami Dolphins. I'm thinking that that train is going to end against Brable and company. Coming up next, we'll get more into the slate tonight with college football, basketball, and hockey. Josh Applebaum, VEASAN's betting reporter, joining us right here on Rush Hour. Stick around. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. You get hooked up many episodes a week, solid local sports betting content. Speaking of good sports betting content, Josh Applebaum joining us here on Rush Hour, host of the Market Insights podcast, betting across America Lombardi line. The man does it all in the daily newsletter, vsin.com slash subscriber. You can get a hold of all of that. Josh, plenty to get into tonight. Thank you, as always, for making some time. Let's get your thoughts on these college football games this evening, my man. Let's start out with Michigan State and Pittsburgh. I was talking about this game to kick things off, and yesterday when we were looking at it, two and a half was the line, and now we're seeing three and a half. What gives with this late line movement? Danny, it's great to be with you, my man. And before we break down these games, just one thing that we're seeing so far uh, throughout these bowl games, you did have a dog cover today with South Carolina, but overall, it's been a really chalky bowl game season. Favorites are 14 and 5 ATS uh, in their last 19 games. They're 14 and 10 ATS overall, 60%. Remember, we had dogs 
go 5-0 and ATS to start. It's been really chalky ever since. Uh, over 16-9 overall, 64%. So with that in mind, Pittsburgh and Michigan State, Danny, to me, this is kind of the epitome of an opt-out play if you wanted to back Michigan State. We're seeing late movement kind of break their way. A lot of these books opened uh, with Michigan State laying three or even getting three at some shops, uh, really early numbers with, with Pittsburgh as a short favorite. But really the big news was Kenny Pickett, star quarterback, for Pitt, he's not going to play in this game. He opted out to prepare for the NFL draft. And as a result, we've seen this line really flip toward Michigan State, now laying three and a half. And I'm seeing some shops, I don't know if we get to four, Danny. You know, we have uh, about 40 minutes left, but I do see at least one shop that's hinting uh, toward a possible move toward four. And really, you have a big opt-out on Michigan State as well with Walker, the star running back. But really, you can tell by the line move that, you know, replacing a star quarterback much more uh, much more difficult than a star running back. So uh, Michigan State is a pretty public play. They're getting 85, uh, 82% of bets at BetMGM, 85% of the money. Uh, but also they're going to miss at Pitt, uh, Mark Whipple, their offensive coordinator. They're not going to have their play caller or their QB. Danny, I've been having a little bit of success. Uh, didn't work out today with North Carolina, but overall betting against these teams with opt-outs going with the team who's uh, more motivated here, Mel Tucker, just signed that long extension. He's going to want to get this program in the right direction. I'm looking at Michigan State on the money line around minus 165. I don't want to lay that late three and a half, maybe a three-point win you lose by the hook, but I'm confident Michigan State here uh, could be could be a decent play, especially on the money line, minus 165. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I was saying when we started the show. I mean, now that you're over the key number three at three in the hook, I think there's a little bit more value, at least in my opinion, to lay minus 159 is what we're seeing now at Bet Rivers. I know you and I kind of the same notion that, hey, if you're not getting the best spread, we're willing to lay a little bit more for the security to just winning the game outright. So I'm with you there. I'm not playing it per se. I might wait for in-game, but if I am doing anything, I would trend toward you and look toward the Spartans' narrative, motivation, going for Mel Tucker, in my opinion, like you were alluding to. Uh, tell us about the Las Vegas Bowl then, 9.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff. You've got Wisconsin and Arizona State. I was shocked at first to see Wisconsin as a big favorite, but they keep trending upward. Now they're minus seven and a half at Bet Rivers, Josh. This total is at 62, or excuse me, wrong game. The total at 41. No Wisconsin game has a total of 62. I was looking at the game below. <laughs> 41 and a half, though, is his total, which is way more appropriate for this Wisconsin team. What do you got for us in this matchup later on? Danny, I think this is a spot, again, where actually early in the week, I was looking toward Arizona State. You know, Wisconsin open, laying seven and a half, seven-ish. They got down to six and a half at one point, and it's like, okay, maybe some respected money on Arizona State. Uh, you know, dogs have had it rough here recently. Maybe this could be a dog look. But, of course, when we deal with COVID and we deal with opt-outs, to me, as a better, you got to wait as long as you can, closer to game time, to get a clear picture of what's going on. So, for example, early move was toward Arizona State. But last 24 hours or so, Danny, a lot of buyback on Wisconsin. They've moved up back to a seven and a half point favorite. They're juiced up at some shops like they may even go to eight. And this was a big opt out play as well. Arizona State is going to be down a bunch of guys. Their star running back, Rashad uh, White, but also their top three defensive players, their top linebacker, two of their top corners. And that's going to be tough now missing all these players against a Wisconsin team, especially on defense, uh, only giving up 16 points a game, uh, the best rush defense. Uh, in all college football. This is another play, Danny, where it kind of reminds me of Oklahoma uh, last night where you kind of had the opt-outs on Oregon and they kind of moved toward Oklahoma around a seven and a half point favorite. I'd be looking to lay it here with Wisconsin. And to your point, could be a low scoring game. Open 43, it's down to 42, a very low total. Public likes the over anytime they see that low total. 
But again, uh, with an Arizona State team down their top player and Wisconsin playing that run the ball, play defense type of game, maybe a low-scoring game here, some under money, under 42. All right, Josh. Well, let's transition. Let's go to the hardwood, talk some hoops tonight. I know you've been loving betting these NBA totals over, and I followed <laughs> you on several of them, and they've been cashing. So props to you per usual. Tell us about this game with the Bucks and the Magic. I got involved a little bit here. Instead of doing the full game over, I did the Bucks team total over, which we'll get a little bit more in depth with later in the show. But this number at 217.5 seems like it could fall into the line of your thinking that this could be a higher scoring affair. I'm thinking so, Danny. And one thing that we have seen is a huge regression toward the over in the NBA. If you look at just the first three months of the NBA season, uh, in October, overs were hitting 37% of the time. It was a huge under month. November, they were 47%. December, they're 56%. So overs have gotten better and better, maybe as some of the uh, you know old tendencies for calling fouls and you know getting your offense up to pace. But either way, overs have gotten better incrementally each month in the NBA. And this is an over that I'm looking at tonight, Danny. It, it opened the Bucks and the Magic uh, around 217. We've seen it get up to 217.5. Looks like it may be trending up to 218 or even 218.5 at this point. Uh, but you have some over refs in this game. Always nice to get some refs historically that call some fouls and send guys to the line. Uh, Ed Malloy and CJ Washington in particular, around 54% to the over. Uh, but also both uh, top 15 in terms of pace. Uh, Milwaukee eighth offensive efficiency. Milwaukee is going to be healthy for the first time in quite a while. And Danny, these teams played just a couple days ago. It was a 127-110 game. You had a pretty high scoring game there. I'd be looking at another one in this case. I'm going over 217.5 with the Bucks and the Magic. I dig it. All right, we'll both be rooting for a higher scoring affair with Orlando and Milwaukee. Let's talk some puck. I know you and I have been, you know, we've been missing hockey. It had the hiatus, and now we're getting back <laughs> into the groove of things. And a healthy slate tonight, and I know you got some interest with the Flames and the crack and uh, Calgary, a big favorite now, minus a buck 86. This total we're seeing five and a half shaded to the under ever so slightly. What did you like in this game up in Seattle? Yeah, so I'm going to lay it here with the Flames, Danny. Like the Flames in this spot, uh, big line move, big steam move in their favor. They open laying around minus 150 on the road. Flames are all the way up to around minus 180 at this point. Uh, match a lot of systems for me. If you look at road favorites, minus 175 or more this year, 21 and 7, 75%, almost a 13% ROI. Uh, you're also looking at just kind of a classic bet against a back-to-back. -back. Uh, Seattle played last night. Now they got a quick turnaround. And Calgary been in this spot and done pretty well. 11-4-2 on the road. Seattle's only 6-13 as a dog and 6-9-2 at home. I'd be looking at laying the money line here with Calgary tonight, Danny. I like it. All right, finally the Flyers and the Sharks. Josh, I was very close to betting the Sharks here. I just couldn't muster up the courage to lay over a buck 60 with San Jose, but they have been very solid in a lot of spots. And against this Flyers team on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, definitely could be one of them. Yeah, Danny, I'm going to have to convince you. I got a little more time. I'm going to send you over the edge. We're going to go to the Shark Tank tonight. I'm going to sweat the Sharks, Danny. I uh, like this line move in their favor. They open laying around minus 135. They've been steamed up to around minus 165. We've seen uh, pretty simple here, you know, just home favorites in the NHL. Uh, done very well, 199 and 113, 64%. Nothing crazy, but about a 4% ROI. A lot of people think the home uh, ice advantage is because the crowd's pumping you up. But really, Danny, it's really the coaches getting the last uh, the home coach getting the last change on ice, being able to mix and match and get their defensive pair they want against the opponent's uh, top line here. So big move towards San Jose. Uh, it would be a back-to-back -back spot uh, against Philly, bet against Philly who played last night. And also Philly's got a long list of COVID issues. Uh, starting goalie Carter Hart, 
Uh, Sean Couturier, another big player that's important to them. I'd be looking at San Jose, who's rested, who's got this home ice advantage. I laid it minus one, probably minus 160-ish now, uh, looking at the Sharks. All right, you're right. I mean, look, hey, it's hard to go against them. They're minus 167 right now, and the Flyers just such an unreliable team despite getting the dub yesterday. You're right. You know, missing players because of COVID, second leg of a back-to-back, -back, and just really an unstable team should be a good spot for the Sharks tonight. Josh, my man, that's all we got. Thank you, as always, for providing all those market movements and everything else with your insights. We love listening to the podcast, reading the newsletter, and much more. So keep, uh, keep up the great work and enjoy the new year, my friend. Really appreciate it, Danny. You know the joke that you always heard in school, you know, before the new year? I'll see you next year. Danny, I'll see you next year. That's, hey, that's right. Hey, we'll let it slide this time. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to use that for everybody now. We're going to have to be corny. Josh Applebaum, folks, at Josh underscore insights on the tweets. Seriously, check out his podcast, Market Insights Podcast. He hits it all, tells you where all that sharp money is going, and will better prepare you for making a buck or two. And VSIN.com slash subscribe for some of his daily newsletters and much more content from the whole VEASAN team. Another member of the VEASAN team will be joining us next, co-host of Odds On, Amal Shaw, the one and only, talking college football bowl games. That'll be coming up next. This is Rush Hour on VEASAN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our shows or anything on the VEASAN schedule today or any other day, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your own schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or the VEASAN Market Insights podcast with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got hardwood handicappers, the Lombardi line, follow the money, coast-to-coast -coast hoops, and much more. They're all free and available now at VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to it, the show Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we got a packed crowd here. The Bet River Sportsbook in Desplaines, Illinois. A lot of action to look forward to later tonight. NHL, NBA, everybody's sweating out this Tennessee and Purdue game. I know I am, too. Live betting the volunteers, and uh, they're probably not going to make it easy, that's for sure. But let's go to a man who has been crushing the college football betting game for quite some time, and especially this year. Tamal Shaw, co-host of Odds On right here on V. Eason. Alongside him is Mike Palmer. I know they are very excited for this college football bowl game slate, especially tomorrow. But before we get to tomorrow, Amal, let's talk about some of the games coming up soon, starting with tonight. I mean, we got Michigan State and Pittsburgh, and we were just discussing this game. Late movement toward the Spartans, Amal, up to three and a half with a total of 55. What did you like here? You know, I lean towards Pittsburgh here, Danny. I think the loss of Kenneth Walker is going to be huge for Sparty. They've already had a horrific defense all season long. I think uh, Natty coming in and playing there for Pittsburgh won't be a problem at quarterback and replacing Pickett. If you're ever going to succeed, it's against a defense like Michigan State's. I mean, they're not the worst defense in the Power Five. They're the worst defense in Division One. their past defense. So I think Pittsburgh, Jordan Addison has a big day. Remember, he's a Blitnikoff Award winner. I think this line's gone a little bit out of whack. I would take Pittsburgh in three and a half in this one. I also would take a shot on the money line. Yeah, money line about plus 130, and yeah, that number now at three and a half, considering where it opened, like four at some places, of course, with the indication uh, indication that Kenny Pickett was going to go, but Michigan State, as you alluded to, still missing a big piece, and Walker themselves. 
Later tonight, you've got Wisconsin and Arizona State them all. I don't know if I want any part of this game, especially now that the number's at 7.5, a low total of 41.5. I, I just can't really fathom trusting Wisconsin laying that many points, but I'm not someone who can sit here and say I know that much about Arizona State, considering you know we're Big Ten people here in the Midwest. So I know you go all over the place. Which team are you trusting a little bit more so with the spread at 7.5? Yeah, first of all, I like the point you made just from a betting perspective of you're not as well versed with ASU, so you're going to stay away from that game. I think that's some smart advice that people should heed in a lot of situations. And in this particular game, though, to me, Jaden Daniels and Arizona State have regressed. Uh, this is a team that I thought had a real opportunity to be competitive in the Pac-12 South this year, failed to do so. The loss they had at Utah in the second half where they got outscored 28-0 at Rice-Eccles really was the catalyst for the downfall of the Arizona State season. When you look in the Pac-12, nobody was really that dominant. Utah had the back-to-back -back wins against Oregon. But other than that, nobody overwhelmed. And I, I think this team is going to struggle to run the ball against a terrific and number one ranked run defense in college football against for Wisconsin. I think Braylon Allen should be effective on the ground against ASU. And then the question is, is Graham Mertz going to be one of these guys that he turns into a permanent DJ Uri Angelole who looks good for about a game or two, and the next thing you know, he can't play because I'll tell you right now, if Graham Mertz doesn't start to perform, and it starts for him in this game, he's got to show he can do something. And, Danny, the other thing I would point to is uh, Wisconsin's got losses against Minnesota in the last game, and then the other three are against Notre Dame, Penn State, and Michigan. No shame in that when you consider the type of season that Notre Dame and Wisconsin, excuse me, Notre Dame and Michigan have had. Yeah, completely agree. And you're right about Graham Mertz. I mean, this guy was expected to explode after the year prior when they blew out Illinois. Then it was kind of ravaged by COVID, so you cut him some slack. And this year, the offense has just been so bad in so many spots and a lot of high expectations for this Badgers team that really just didn't come through. We'll see if they can pull it off tonight against Arizona State. Moving on to tomorrow, Amal, you and I were kind of, you know, talking about it during the break in this weird scheduling with the college football playoff matchups. 2.30 p.m. Central time, we'll get Alabama and Cincinnati. Now this line's at 13.5, total's at 56.5. On my guys in the desert, Mike Palm, Derek Stevens always go on there, talk with Tim Murray, and Mike Palm, your co-host, said that you love Cincinnati in this spot. Does that still hold true? I do, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm not going to bet it until tomorrow because if it comes down to 13 or 12 and a half, it won't hurt me as much as I think this line getting to 14, 14 and a half would be beneficial. Uh, when you look at this Cincinnati team, they've got a tremendous secondary, and I think that's where they're better than Georgia, is in secondary play, and that's going to be the difference in this game, in my opinion. I think they're going to be able to be competitive if they can slow down the deep shots to Jamison Williams. On the flip side, Desmond Ritter's going to have to make some plays with his legs. If he can do that, I think this team's got a chance to be extremely dangerous in this game uh, because it's always mobile quarterbacks that have given Nick Saban's Alabama defense's problems. And, Danny, when you look at Alabama, look, they, they once again had a great year. They only have one loss. But they were fortunate to escape the swamp. I thought Auburn should have beaten them. And LSU had a couple of opportunities to win that football game. So, it's not like they've been thoroughly dominant the way you know people believe just based on one performance against Georgia. I think Cincinnati's going to be ready for this game. And sometimes when you're such a large underdog, it can work to your benefit. And I think we're seeing that right now with um, Cincinnati in this game. I think Crimson Tide win the game. But I think Cincinnati's in a great position to be able to cover. 
Yeah, and I don't disagree with that line of thinking whatsoever. So I guess I got to ask you then, if you're kind of leaning towards Cincinnati being able to be competitive, but Alabama still winning the game, do you think there's going to be either one or a couple situations where you could get a much better line on the Crimson Tide and then can attack it from the in-game perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, depending on how it plays out early on, and I think you'll get a sense of how this game is from the jump with uh, can Cincinnati move the ball and then can they slow down Alabama's offense enough? Because I will say the one challenge that they're going to face just like Georgia is they've got to get home with their front seven, especially with the front four, because if not, Bryce Young will pick them apart. He's just too good, too talented, too accurate. So it's going to really come down to that, but I think there could be some opportunities there. Let's say Cincinnati goes down and scores in the opening drive and they take a 7 nothing lead. Um, I, I think they can really present some problems and get some better numbers on the Crimson side. All right, Amal, let's preview the Orange Bowl next. Georgia and Michigan. Michigan seems to be a popular underdog here. They're still catching seven in the hook, plus 240 on the money line. If you want to go with Georgia on the money line, minus 335. This total is slightly ticked up to 45. What betting angle did you approach with this matchup? You know, I, I think you have to take a look at uh, taking Michigan and the points here. And Danny, if you go back to the Michigan State game, Michigan probably should have gotten a call that went against them that was a, a fumble for a touchdown. And they win that game. They're at 13-0. and And I think people are overlooking how dominant this team has been throughout the course of the year. They've really not been involved in a lot of tight games. I, I think they've been thoroughly dominant, haven't gotten credit for it. And I think people are not looking at the fact that the Georgia offense, when pressed to throw the ball, how effective can they be? We saw in the Alabama game, they fell behind, and Michigan's got a better defense than Alabama. It's going to be a real challenge here. Uh, David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson, in terms of their ability to get after the quarterback, I think they're going to have a great day uh, getting after uh, Stetson Bennett. But for me, if Georgia's going to be successful and win this football game, it's going to come down to Zamir White and, and James Cook. They've got to run the ball effectively. If they can do that, they win this game and cover. And I, I think if it goes the other way where Michigan sl uh, slows the rundown, I think Michigan is going to be able to not only cover, but I think they win the game. Did you have any strong thoughts on this total? we got about a minute left. I played it over 44 at minus 118. It seems to be trending in that direction. It's at 45, still shaded to the over. Do you think that there could be a higher scoring affair in this game? Well, let's put it this way. I wouldn't play it under at 45. Either you play the over or you don't play it. I think it's just too old, too low of a number to touch. It just takes this one turnover and one, one other quick play, big play. You're, you know, they'll figure out a way to put up 31 points combined. I mean, that's just 17-14. So I would go with the over in this one. All righty. Amal Shaw, folks, at Amal Shaw 1 on the tweets, co-host of Odds On alongside Mike Palm right here on Visa Monday through Friday, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Amal, always appreciate your betting perspective on the college football action. Best luck with all those plays, and Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you. Happy New Year to you and everyone else out there. You got it. There he is again, co-host of Odds On, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Great program here on VEASAN, along with the many other shows that go with our 24-7 live video streaming. All right, I like what Amal said, though, about that over. Look, I mean, I talked about it yesterday. I played the 44, would play it up to 45 is what Dan Leach said, and I agree with that, too. I think 45 would be the highest I would go. If you don't agree, maybe you just stay away as opposed to betting the under like Amal was just discussing. But that game will be a blast. It kind of just is, it's going to feel weird, right? I mean, 6.30 on New Year's Eve, 
I'm not complaining about having football then, but it's just a lot better when you're kind of hungover on New Year's Day. You're just slouching on your couch, eating all the leftover appetizers, still kind of nursing that hangover, getting to watch all the games. And, you know, now you're going to be all worked up watching it and then going out, whatever it is. I don't know. It feels weird. That's my little rant on the scheduling for the college football playoff games on New Year's Eve as opposed to New Year's Day. But can't complain too crazy about games because, well, we're happy to have them based on what's gone on these past couple of years. All right, coming up next, it is that time for Danny's Dimes, a play in the NBA, a play in the NHL, and we'll recap some of the other NFL action that we've discussed, not only tonight, but earlier throughout the course of the week. So that's going to be coming up next, and we just got an extra game in the NHL that could be worth the play, so stick around. We'll hit that. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Bet Rivers Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level because now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. In addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same game parlay props or college football matchups, and guess what? Just in time for the biggest games of the season. So download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21, gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Colorado, 1-800-522-4700, Michigan, 1-800-270-7117, 1-AAA-532-3500 in Virginia, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF, playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House Void, where prohibited. Final segment on this Thursday evening. Seems a little bit weird. No Thursday night football in terms of the NFL, but we got a lot of college football going on right now. We're all sweating out this Tennessee-Purdue game, and then a couple more to look forward to after. And not only that, we've got some NBA and NHL to look forward to, which means it is time for Danny's Dimes. Myself, Danny Burke, your host here on Rush Hour, going to be unveiling my best bets for the evening. We'll recap the one I had earlier in the night and just some of the plays we've had throughout the course of this week. So let's get into it with my best plays starting on the hardwood. Let's go with Milwaukee and Orlando, the Magic, hosting the Bucks, And these teams just played on Tuesday, I think it was, and it's kind of a similar situation. 
to the Bulls and the Hawks. And we talked about that over yesterday. And man, that thing cruised. Open 220 and a half, went to 227. It hit the over 227 with like three minutes remaining. So that was nice. Hopefully you're able to cash in on that one. And when you look at this Bucks and Magic game, the last game they just played, the Bucks won, what was it, 127 to 110, so a higher scoring affair. They've also played two other times this year, 117 to 108 Milwaukee won, 123 to 92 in another game. So Milwaukee has absolutely feasted on this lackluster Magic team. So I was looking at this, and because it looked like it was going toward the over, and I was like, all right, I want to jump in sooner rather than later. And with the total at like 217 and a half, I, I definitely liked it, but I didn't love it. Because the thing that scared me off a little bit is this depleted Orlando Magic team that overall just completely struggling offensively. But even now more so that they're missing a handful of guys. Yeah, Milwaukee can do their part in getting this total over. But can you rely on the offense of Orlando? Milwaukee's defense pretty dang solid. Not as great as in years past, but still good enough to just absolutely limit Orlando. So instead of doing the full game total over 217 and a half, which I still would favor. I looked at the Bucks team total over. The number was 115 and a half earlier today, minus 122 to the over. I played that over. Now it looks like consensus may be about 116 and a half, would still look in that direction. Because if you look at this Milwaukee team, really, you know, they've had a lot of success going over this mark. And like we just said, they've done that every single game against the Magic, 127 the other night, the other game, 117, 123 in another spot. So in all three games, they've gone over this team total of 115 and a half and naturally 116 and a half. So overall this season, they have gone over the team total in 15 games. All right, so it's a pretty decent sample size. Milwaukee's fairly healthy, if not all healthy going into this game. Orlando ranks 27th and defensive efficiency. Again, I don't mind going with the full game over. I know that's where Josh Applebaum is betting for this spot, but I think I have a little bit more confidence in just having to rely on this Milwaukee team being a blowout and then being able to get over their team total versus having to rely on Orlando to contribute enough to push it over 218 is where we're even seeing it at this point because it's a 14 and a half point spread. So you're assuming the Bucks are going to dominate in this game. Well, let's hope they can dominate and get over their team total. 115 and a half is where I played it. Would still play it at 116 and a half for Milwaukee over Orlando. Let's go to the uh, ice now because I got one playing hockey. I was hoping I could get two, but I ended up just playing one. And we'll get to the other one I was teetering on momentarily. But let's talk about the Kraken and the Flames. Again, Josh was on this play. I played it a while earlier in the day. The line has just gotten absolutely out of hand, which is good and bad. Good if you backed it earlier. Bad if you want to get involved now, I suppose. But Calgary is currently minus 186 on the money line. The Kraken are plus 160. When I played this, I think I got 175. Yeah, 175 with Calgary on the money line. So even I was a little late to the party. And make sure you do your searching, see if you could get the best number. Or you could simply go with the puck line with Calgary plus 135. The reason I like the Flames in this spot is it's the second leg of a back-to-back -back for Seattle, a team that just lost in overtime to the Flyers 3-2 last night. They're an unreliable team as is. And you're getting Dreger, their backup goalie in the mix, who's 3-3-0. 3.2 goals against average with a save percentage under 90. So Jacob Markstrom for Calgary is going to be in the net. And this Flames team has not played since December 11th. It's incredible. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. So you could say, well, maybe they're going to be rusty. 
I'm choosing to go with the side of they're ready to go. They're going to explode. They're going to be amped up. They're going to be firing on all cylinders. So Markstrom this year, 10, 6, and 5. 1.94 goals against average with a save percentage of 93%. Heck, he's got five shutouts under his belt this season. Even more incentive for maybe looking at the puck line. Flames, all their players are pretty much back from COVID-19 protocol. Uh, the Kraken have like three guys still on the list as of this point. So a tough spot for Seattle, a Calgary team that needs to get a win under their belt. They're on a little bit of a losing streak heading into their hiatus, but they will be ready to explode out of the gate against this Kraken team that, again, has been inconsistent and really just not that great this year and on the sec uh, second leg of a back-to-back -back against a healthier Better rested Flames team. So I played minus 175 on the money line. Would not disagree or recommend against going on the puck line for them plus 135. Some solid value still with the Flames to win this game by two goals or more. But that's what I got for my official play in hockey. I did want to discuss one more game on the ice tonight because this is a game that I was very close to pulling the trigger on. But I just wanted to introduce it to maybe, hey, if you had more confidence, then you could bet it still I just got a little bit shied away because of the goalie situation. So I was hoping Bobrovsky was going to start for the Panthers. Now, Florida is on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, but it looks like it's going to be Spencer Knight tending the net this evening for Florida, who, granted, his first game this year did really well against the Lightning, only allowed one goal, and the Panthers won 4-1 to one in that effort. Aside from that, he's been a mess. He got sent down, and he's also just overall this year, I mean, he's 6-4-2, 3.42 goals against average, a save percentage sub-90%. So I'm not in love with backing Spencer Knight in this game, but the Panthers have the best home record in the NHL at 15-3-0 this season. So even though it's on the second leg of a back-to-back, all these teams are coming off a long rest, so it's probably not taken into account as much as it would in the midst of a normal course of a season. And also you're getting Legacy, the, the third-string goalie for the Lightning. Vasilevsky's out, and he's only played one game this year. Uh, 4.13 is goals against average is what it's coming out to. So he's a third-stringer. Tampa Bay still dealing with COVID issues. I do believe it's the right spot for the Panthers. You saw the movement go that way, minus 130 now up to minus 155. But again, at the end of the day, I am not all in on laying that big of a price on Spencer Knight. He's been struggling this year, and it's still the Tampa Bay Lightning. But if you don't care about that as much, if you don't mind Spencer Knight, then I do think the Panthers could be worth some of your consideration. I just couldn't muster up enough confidence in him to want to lay that much. So again, just to recap, the official play I am doing for hockey, Flames on the money line, minus a buck 75, and the Bucks team total over. 115 and a half minus 122 against the Magic. That line's gone up to like 116 and a half, it seems, consensus-wise. Would still play that over. If you don't want anything with the team total, I don't hate the idea of doing the full game over 217 and a half as well. So if you missed it earlier, we did have another official play in the NFL. Titans money line minus a buck 65. That line has gotten up to three and a half. All in all, the reason I like Tennessee here, they're still buying for the conference championship, I mean, for winning their conference, not the championship, but being the top team in their conference against the Colts, who they've beaten twice, so they're sitting pretty comfortably. They get it. Miami's a hot team right now, but Miami's also coming off a short week on Monday. They've beaten very inferior teams. Tennessee got a nice upset win, not a huge upset, but still, they were the underdog in that game last Thursday, 
against the 49ers. And again, last Thursday, a lot of time to rest for Tennessee. Hopefully they can get the receivers and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones in the mix. But if they do, I like the spot here for Tennessee. I don't like the idea of laying three and a half. And for the fear that it may go up to four, I jumped on this sooner rather than later. Was willing to lay a steeper price of minus 165. But be sure to do your shopping. See if you can get a better price. Minus 177 is pretty steep at Bet Rivers right now. And who knows, maybe this thing does come back down to three. Miami's got a solid defense, and we know that the Titans' offense has their lulls ever since Derrick Henry has been out. But I think at the end of the day, they have what it takes to win that game outright against the Dolphins. So that's all the action we're rolling with for tonight and a little bit further. We'll recap that because we've had some other college football plays. We've had some NFL plays throughout the course of the week. So we will be sure to hit on that tomorrow during our Friday edition of Rush Hour. But happy New Year's Eve. I guess we're getting there. We'll say it again tomorrow. We're not heading out. But we're excited for all the games. I hope you are. Can't wait to discuss it further tomorrow for another edition of Rush Hour. Until then, take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.